we know that uh, as a woman, uh, the social construction uh, always asks us to be silent and uh, do not have any chance to share our opinion. We have to be brave enough to speak up our mind. That's Dian Septi Trisnanti, one of the founders of the Forum Buruh Lintas Pabrik Union, or FBLP, in Indonesia. Welcome to episode 2 of the Clean Clothes Podcast. I'm Fabriana Firdaus. This time, we are talking about violence and harassment against women workers and some ways of building powers and fighting back. In 2014, Dian's union joined with other organizations to promote women's rights in a large industrial park in North Jakarta, Indonesia. There are two union, uh, one women organization and Jakarta Legal Aid become one alliance in the Women Worker Committee to struggle against GBV, gender-based violence. We have two program. Uh, the first program is to install a warning board that the industrial park is free from gender-based violence or sexual harassment. The warning board was a large sign in the industrial park. It announced that the park was free from gender-based violence and harassment. It was part of a strategy to raise the profile and awareness of this as an issue for workers. And of course, as a warning to any perpetrators. The industrial park, KBN Chakung, in North Jakarta, agreed to install uh, the warning board in 2016 on November. It's the International Day Against Women Violence. Korban pelecehan bukanlah angka untuk terus dihitung di jumlah Dian also directed a documentary film, Angka Jadi Suara, which followed this work. The film shows the effort behind the campaigns. This included lobbying the management of the industrial park and the Ministry of Women Empowerment and Child Protection. But at the center of the film is the workers and the sexual harassment and gender-based violence they experience. There were one uh, person, one woman, who want to tell the story. This woman, uh, my friend, yeah, she has a trauma. Uh, the interview takes about five hours, and we have to stop about one hour just to uh, give her time to stop and then take a breath and uh, take a break. Yeah, and after that, I asked uh, to her if she want to stop, then we will stop. But she said that uh, she will not stop because uh, if not now, then when? And after the documentary finished, the first person that we give the edited version is her. The documentary had a number of public screenings and media coverage. It took the story beyond the industrial park to a bigger audience. 
the voice of women workers are at the center of the union's work. In 2012, they established community radio station Marcina FM. The station is named after Marcina, a female union leader murdered in 1993 under the Suharto dictatorship. The community radio teach us uh, women workers to speak up our mind in the in our studio. Uh, we have journalistic uh, journalism training. We encourage uh, women workers to write their story. It increases the women workers' confidence that they have ability to write, to share the story, and to be recognized by the community because uh, they can speak their mind and share it uh, in the social media. Supporting women's leadership in the union and the community is the main objective. That includes Diane Franz, who told her story for the documentary film. She now uh, go to college. She have scholarship and she with uh, like a house that poor children, they learn about theater, art, uh, and also about the school, the education. And she uh, look for scholarship for the children uh, that want to continue their school. Just last year, the FBLP merged with another union to become the All Indonesia United Workers Confederation, or KPBI. In the November Congress, Dian was elected chairperson. In Maseru Lisoto, workers have been subjected to extreme and extensive sexual harassment and sexual violence in the factories of global supplier Nanxing. An investigation by the U.S.-based Worker Rights Consortium from 2017 to 2019 documented the abuse. Matthew Abbott has this report. Lesotho has more than 45,000 garment workers. It's the mainstay of the country's economy. Around 10,000 work for Taiwanese company Nanxing, which owns five factories there. In these Nanxing factories, middle management exploited their power over workers in multiple ways. My name is Moteba Ramaema. I work as a shop steward. I've been working as a shop steward for a year, but I've been with the factory for three years now. Actually, most of the, the, I could call it abuse, was actually done by uh, supervisors. So they would ask for, for favours with the impression that if you give them certain favours, then you'd get more overtime, which means better pay. Another thing is uh, most of the supervisors here, they run loan shark kind of business. And then they'll make you loan money from them at a very high interest rate, claiming that if you loan money from them, then you'll be eligible to qualify for overtime. And sometimes, like, uh, when we begin work, we are hired on a contractual basis. So they would actually sometimes ask for sexual favors, saying that if you give it up, then you will um, be employed full-time. My name is Samuel I work for the trade union called National Truth in Textile and Allied Workers Union. I'm the general secretary of the trade union. They even reported such cases to us as unions. And we took the uh, initiative of taking the matter to the policy to, to, to intervene. 
but only to find that there were no investigations made thoroughly. The victims, at some point, they end up not reporting such cases because they were lacking confidence, having realized that some who have reported their incidences were not properly addressed. Media coverage of the abuse lists a cascade of terrible details, including of management watching incidents of rape of workers by supervisors on CCTV. US-based Worker Rights Consortium conducted the research that put the workers' stories and experiences into the public sphere. WRC's Rola Abimushed explains. So we were commissioned to do an investigation of of three factories owned by Nanshing. This commission was looking into just labor rights issues within those three factories. And so through that investigation, we identified extensive pervasive gender-based violence and harassment. First, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I think you read some of the testimony, you just can't get around it, that you just have this culture of acceptance you know, there's no other reality but to accept that um, you could be a target of gender-based violence and harassment. So that was one um, one reaction. But I think another is sadly realizing that this is not necessarily unique to the country uh, that we hear and have uh, seen gender-based violence and harassment be an issue in many uh, other factories all over the world. I would say all the brands recognized that they did not want their brand to be associated with the type of abuse we had identified. And so, <laughs> so that was definitely a motivating factor to find a solution. Um, it was clear that none of their audits had caught this issue um, and that there needed to be a comprehensive response and not the normal CSR response. You know, I think the reputational risk was quite um, clear. And I think I can stop there. (laughs) The brands sourcing from Nanshing in Lesotho included Levi Strauss, The Children's Place and Contour. The demand was for an enforceable brand agreement or EBA between the brands, unions and NGOs. This means the brands are committed to supporting real measures to eradicate gender-based violence, and they're legally liable if they don't follow through. WRC, Solidarity Centre and others helped provide the input and support that led to the design of the Enforceable Brand Agreement. We took a tour to US where we visited Fair Food Program. They were already... uh, working on under the, the similar program. So we went there for experience. We learned how they are operating. We learned how they're working with the, with, the, with, the, with the brands. We learned how they are handling the cases. So we took that model to, uh, to our country and then conceptualized the model into our context. The Lucitu program includes or established a um a independent monitoring entity that would investigate and reach remedy on cases of gender-based violence and harassment. That entity is run by the unions and the NGOs. 
Other key features are a popular education component, which includes two days training on what gender-based violence and harassment is, as well as how the EBA program operates. There's also a toll-free information line for workers to call to ask any questions or talk through anything that they've experienced. And of course, there's an oversight committee that's made up of equal vote between the unions and NGOs and the brand representatives with a neutral chair. And then WRC has an observer status, as does Nanshing on that committee. But COVID, like just about everywhere else, has put this on hold. At the time of reporting, Lesotho was in its second lockdown. But that doesn't mean that nothing has changed in the Nanshing factories that are operating. The scrutiny and pressure has made itself felt. Here's Motiba again. I could say, like slightly, I want to uh, put a bit of an emphasis on the slightly part that things slightly changed because initially the supervisors were treating us like we are say, slaves. But now, because they know that we know our rights, they try to follow the proper channels when there's conflict, say, between me and my boss or between me and uh, the big boss, you know. Because initially, you just be told that you are fired. Now we know that if you do one, two, three, then that could lead to three warnings and then you can get fired. So now they communicate better with us. They treat us more like we are people, other than then earlier when they used to treat us like we are animals. They haven't completely stopped, but they have slightly uh, come to realise that we are human as well. This is changing the perceptions of some workers. Actually, I think workers are now more motivated to to join unions because they too are seeing the slight changes that are there in the workplace. So now they see that the unions are actually here to help us. Because initially they thought the unions were here to make money because you have to pay a subscription fee. But now that they're seeing change and now that we actually have, like, say, training workshops and then we tell them about their rights and how to approach certain things, uh, more people are now keen to actually join the unions it's just that now with this whole uh, COVID pandemic, we don't really now have more time to actually talk because everybody is now concentrated on, let, let me do my work, let me be safe, let me go home. So I think after the whole, this whole pandemic, that's when we'll see a proper change. That was Matiba Ramema. I'm Matthew Abad. Building up women's power to confront gender discrimination at work is a long road. One union leader who's been walking that road is Rukmini from the Garment Labor Union in Bangalore, Southern India. Harsha Fatlamani went to find Otmar. The Garment Labor Union is a women-led trade union here in Bangalore in southern India. Its office is bustling with something always on the go. Meetings, training sessions for workers, or campaign planning, probably all three. I have come to meet Rukmini, the union's president and one of its founders. My Karana language skills are a bit limited, so Kaveri has come along to help out. I've known her from 2016, so I think that's five five years now. Rukmini is a well-known figure now, leading campaigns for workers' rights from Bangalore to international forums. 
ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಬೀನ್ ಎ ಲಾಂಗ್ ಜರ್ನಿ ದಟ್ಸ್ ಲೆಟ್ ಹರ್ ಟು ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಕ್ ನಾನು ಸ್ಕೂಲಿಗೆ ಹೋಗಲಿಲ್ಲ ಬರೀ ತ್ರೀ ಮಂತ್ಸ್ ಮಾತ್ರ ಹೋಗಿದ್ದು ಸ್ಕೂಲ್ಗೆ ಯಾಕೆ ಅಂತಂದರೆ ಶಿ ವಾಸ್ ಎನ್ರೋಲ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ಸ್ಕೂಲ್ ಫಾರ್ ತ್ರೀ ಮಂತ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ವಿಚ್ ಯು ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ಟು ಡ್ರಾಪ್ ಔಟ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಹರ್ ಮದರ್ ವಾಸ್ ಅ ಸೋಲ್ ಬ್ರೆಡ್ ವಿನರ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಹರ್ ಫಾದರ್ ಯೂಸ್ ಟು ಡ್ರಿಂಕ್ ಇನ್ ನಾಟ್ ಟೇಕ್ ಕೇರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಸೊ ಶಿ ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ಟು ಹೆಲ್ಪ್ ಅ ಮದರ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಫೀಲ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಟೇಕ್ ಕೇರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಹೌಸ್ ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ ಚೋರ್ಸ್ ಹಾಯ್ಕೆ ಕೆಲಸ ಮಾಡ್ತಾಯಿದೆ ಹಾಗಾಗಿ ನಾನು ಸ್ಕೂಲಿಗೆ ಹೋಗೋಕೆ ಆಗಲಿಲ್ಲ ರುಕ್ಮಿಣಿ ಮ್ಯಾರೀಡ್ ಎಟ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟೀನ್ ಶಿ ಸೇಸ್ ಹರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಶಿ ವಾಸ್ ಟು ಯಂಗ್ ಟು ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ದಟ್ ಮೆಂಟ್ ಅಟ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ she thought leaving the village for bangalore was an adventure after her first child she realized the family needed more income can you describe your first day at a garment factory how was it like amele han maadi mettige kalitte ad machine full fast ago pirtu when she started working she did make a lot of blunders uh, which she loves about even now uh, but then the whole day the first day in the factory was when she 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 was told not to work but to just work on the waste pieces so that she could get a hang of what what the industry would be and what work she uh, she would have to do so that's how she actually joined the uh, garment uh, factory ಒಂದು ತಿಂಗಳಾದ್ಮೇಲೆ ಸಂಬಳ ತಗೊಳ್ಬೇಕ ಏಳ್ನೂರ ಐವತ್ತು ರೂಪಾಯಿ ಸಂಬಳ ನನಗೆ ಶಿ ರಿಸೀವ್ಡ್ ಅರೌಂಡ್ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ರುಪೀಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಡೇ ಶಿ ರಿಸೀವ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಶಿ ಫೆಲ್ಟ್ ಯು ನೋ ಇಟ್ ವಾಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಅ ಲಾಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಮನಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಶಿ ವಾಸ್ ರಿಯಲಿ ಎಕ್ಸೈಟೆಡ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಹಸ್ಬೆಂಡ್ ರಿಸೀವ್ಡ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ತ್ರೀ ಹಂಡ್ರೆಡ್ ರುಪೀಸ್ ವೆರ್ ಎಸ್ ಶಿ ರಿಸೀವ್ಡ್ ಅರೌಂಡ್ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ಸೊ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ವಾಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಅ ಬಿಗ್ ಅಚೀವ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ಹರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಶಿ ಡಿಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ನೋ ವಾಟ್ ಟು ಡೂ ವಿತ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಮನಿ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಇಟ್ ವಾಸ್ ಯೂಡ್ ಅಲ್ಲಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ನಾನು ಸಂಬಳ ಅಂತ ತಗೊಂಡಿದ್ದು ಗಾರ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ರಿಯಲ್ಲಿ ಆಮೇಲೆ ಭಾನುವಾರಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಓಟಿ ಮಾಡಿಸೋರು ಮತ್ತು ಸಿಕ್ಕಾಬಟ್ಟೆ ಬೈಯೋರು ಪೀಸ್ ತಲೆ ಮೇಲೆ ಇನಿಷಿಯಲಿ ವೆನ್ ಶಿ ಜಾಯಿಂಟ್ ವಿತ್ ಯರ್ ಗಾರ್ಮೆಂಟ್ಸ್ there was a lot of harassment uh, that workers had to face uh, they were they were verbally abused uh, scissors were thrown on them if they did not reach the production targets the production targets were really high uh, and they were not paid for the overtime work that they did that is when cividep uh, in the year 2003 uh, uh we're distributing leaflets to workers in the uh, uh, garment factory saying they are organizing a campaign or they are organizing a training where workers could attend and understand the rights and rukmini did not know how to read it so the entire night she sat down to read and understand what was there in the leaflet that was given to her and when she realized that they're doing something for the benefit of the workers she uh uh she decided that she would attend this particular meeting and understand what the benefits are understand the rules uh, and policies that is when rukmini uh, really heard the word union and understood what a union was and why a union is important avagle nanage union anno pada first time nanna kyulagade hogiddu after this meeting rukmini and others established a self help group where women could learn about the rules regulations and entitlements for workers this soon became something more formalized gender based violence and harassment was a big need from the very start matte sexual harassment anta gottadre avarna kelsakke kalsalla kelsakke kalsalla vandu there are cases of sexual harassment that happens in the factory but women don't really come forward because uh, the moment the co-workers get to know that this has happened you know the woman is uh, treated in a really bad way uh, so they don't even share it with their family or with their husband or report it to the police station because they feel that once the family gets to know or the neighbors or the co-workers get uh, get to know about this incident the family would not allow them to work 
So once you decided that you are forming a union, what were the first steps? First step, now union registered. Mele, vandu enandre, ado union no. So they felt that there was a need to organize a meeting or a rally so that people, uh, the media, the general public, uh, uh, and the workers, the management, everybody gets to know that there is a union which is being formed for garment workers now. There were around thousand workers who went on a rally, and that was the first time ever that garment workers organized and. Uh, Uh, went on a rally and this caught the attention of the media as well as the management management tried to discourage her from working with the union rukmini says they tried to bribe her and launched a trumped up investigation which failed her husband was also opposed my husband uh, told uh, you not uh, go to uh, union uh, so many pressure in uh, management uh, given lot of money you take uh, come home Uh, you not go to uh, union i told uh, my husband i told uh, you you pressurize uh, not go to union i give you divorce i told my husband my husband uh, uh, not uh, told anything 2006 alli full time nanu sangathane band mele ee sangathane olagade nunu in the year 2006 uh, rukmini uh, started working as a full time union activist uh, during this time she faced harassment by the male co-workers in the union this made rukmini realize that it was very important to form a women led trade union because majority of the garment workers are women uh, in the year 2012 is when glue garment labor union a women led trade union uh, was started in bangalore when you finally started glu What were the challenges that you faced? Initially, we start marthaga namge nau activist agi do factory in the. So uh, initially, when they were part of another union, they only were uh, worked as field activists. So they did not know how uh, to interact or uh, bargain with the management or with the uh, uh, government or with the brands. So they found it very difficult. and uh, during uh, this period they took a lot of help from various organizations and ngos to help them uh, in drafting letters or uh, drafting uh, memorandums ondu main agi helbekandre working hour extend madidru 12 hour ge in the year 2013 uh, glue was a part of the minimum board wage meeting which was organized by the government of karnataka uh, the initial wages for the workers uh, today is 9500 but glue is working towards uh, making it mandate uh, for the management to provide 21000 as their uh, monthly wages the government had made it also made a mandate that the 8 hours work would be shifted to 12 hours of work glue has fought against this uh, announcement made by the government and uh, they have reduced the number of working hours from 12 to 8 hours now glu has run other successful campaigns for example against a proposal to have women work night shift which was then dropped the union now has 8000 members rukmini has also been part of international campaigns for garment worker rights big challenges loom india's government wants to consolidate 44 of its current labor laws into just 4 This would badly affect worker wages, health and safety, and social benefits. It would also make it harder for unions like GLU to organize workers. GLU's core strategy, though, remains 
ಅನ್ಚೇಂಜ್ಡ್ in the present scenario majority of the uh, positions higher positions like the production manager supervisors are all being taken uh, are all men so they wouldn't understand what a woman is going through hence it's very important that uh, uh, women come forward and take up leadership together we can uh, achieve anything rukmini ending that report from harsha fatlamani major global efforts towards outlawing gender-based violence is the ILO Convention 190 against violence and harassment. Adopted in June 2019, it's now been ratified by three countries, Fiji, Namibia, and Uruguay. Italy's parliament has also approved ratification. Priscilla Robledo coordinates lobbying and advocacy for the clean clothes campaigns in Italy. We had this one MP from the main center left party who's uh she's very active on women issues and gender issues. She isn't really into labor rights as such, but she's very much into the so-called civil rights. So her law proposal uh was filed on um September 2019 and eventually in September 2020 the parliament kind of uh, um approved the authorization to ratification with full unanimity of the chamber which is pretty a success the knowledge and awareness within parliament about these topics is there but is very scattered and belongs just to very few people typically women themselves that um really understand and appreciate the issue at stake the majority of the senators who approved that legislation i think would think yeah this is just an international convention that will benefit workers in the global south or in you know global supply chains and this is also what the first rapporteur at the senate has actually said uh, mentioning also the garment industry and of course this is because of our own advocacy upon him however though this is also an issue for this country italy the only data that we have are from the institute of national statistics which in 2016 carried out the very first study on gender based violence in the workplace and this study found that two out of 10 women in the workplace uh, did experience Uh, violence and harassment of any sort 80% of them didn't report it didn't defend themselves and the reason is that there are no means at the moment in this country that you can use for enforcing your rights c190 is just one step um of a bigger puzzle it is a lot more topical now that the eu uh, is embarking in a process to eventually approve a mandatory human rights due diligence legislation surely as a campaign we will focus on um making sure that some gender gender based due diligence requirements will be included but we know that this isn't easy at all that's Priscilla Robledo from the clean clothes campaigns in Italy 
you will hear more about mandatory human rights due diligence in the EU in a later episode. From EBAs to the ILO conventions to building women's power in the trade union movement, what does the clean clothes campaigns need to consider on gender and gender-based violence? This is Cinema from Femnet in Germany. I think the Clean Clothes campaign really needs to address gender as a cross-cutting issue. I mean, we do that since several years, but to make it really strong and um, to really think of it in all areas of work that we are tackling, um, because gender-based violence and harassment gets a very um, strong lobby since the adoption or of the ILO Convention. Um, but gender obviously is more than that. It also comes into force when uh, looking at wages, when looking at occupational health and safety. So not say, well, gender is in all the topics, but also say gender is its own topic and we really want to uh, bring this, this issue forward. Um, also looking at our own structures. Are we giving it the attention that it needs? Are we um, addressing power relations within our own structures? Uh, do the trade unions and partner organizations that we're working with um, make it a priority within their work? If they don't, why, why not? Um, so I think it's a very crucial point that trade unions and not only in production countries in Asia, for example, but also within trade unions in Europe, uh, need to address um, the issue of hierarchies within their own structures. Um, yeah, how can we support our partners in production countries to make gender uh, a top priority, but also how, to, um, how are we able to support their struggles in order to bring for example, the ILO Convention to their um, national legislative bodies. Um, how can we support the lobby and advocacy activities towards this? So I think it's really the time now uh, to make this really a forerunner issue within our, our network. Cinema. And that's the end of our show. Please send your ideas, feedback, and questions. Email us at this address, podcast at cleanclothes.org. You can also see the email address on the podcast webpage. Matthew Ebert produced this episode with Anna Decker and the Clean Clothes podcast team. Liz Parker, Tane De Hu, and Johnson Chin Yin Yong. Steve Adam give Sons Engineering support. I'm Fabriana Firdaus. See you for the next episode.